Esto. Ladies and gentlemen, we Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening. Please welcome your host for today. Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, alright? And Troy is here. Hey. I call them like I see them, all right? Oh, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick, you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for... The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and... Gentlemen, as you heard from the beginning of the show, I am solo. So, this is going to be a bit of a, a shit show, but also a truncated episode. Um, because of the fact that both me and Jason um heavily under the weather, we definitely have squades, which is squirrel aids, for anyone who was wondering. So, we're going to do or I'm going to do the best I can to kind of get you through this week. Uh, hopefully we'll be back to full strength next week. And uh, I apologize, because, like I said, it's going to be a little bit of a shit show. Um, but we're going to go right into some different topics. I'm going to just kind of do this show um, however I feel like doing it. So the first thing that we have is we have the announcement that the Superstar Shakeup is going to return on April... 15th. Um, so that, of course, is the week after WrestleMania. So, just like last year, where the week or the the Monday and Tuesday episodes after WrestleMania are used to kind of do the surprise call-ups, the surprise returns, and all that shit. The following week is when we get the actual Superstar Shakeup. So, obviously, in the past, we've seen the Superstar Shakeup be good for some guys and bad for others. Kind of the prime example of that um, would obviously be a guy like The Miz, who went over to Raw, didn't do shit over there, goes back to SmackDown. Now he's um, part of the best tag team to ever exist. So um, we'll get a little bit more once we get a little bit closer uh, to the Superstar Shakeup. We'll kind of start talking a little bit more about who we think should go um, to Raw or SmackDown. Um, now, they do label this as the International Superstar Shakeup, but I'm pretty sure that's just because it's taking place in Canada. Um, of course, they could easily turn around and and say, well, we've also included some NXT UK guys, which might be how you get Pete Dunne over on Raw or SmackDown. So, but we'll see. We'll see when we get um, a little closer to it on what actually is going to go down with it. Um of course, everyone remembers that Dave Meltzer and the last Superstar Shakeup continued to say that AJ Styles was going over to Raw. He was the only person saying it. Claimed that it was a done deal. Never happens. Um, and just kind of explained his, away his wrongness by saying plans changed. Because he can never just admit, oh, I got some bad intel. Um, so from there, 
We had two segments where Becky Lynch was the focal point, and one happened on Raw and one happened on SmackDown. Now, on Raw, uh, Becky Lynch um, was told that she needed to see a doctor uh, by Stephanie, and she refused to, and then appeared to throw a conniption fit, um, and then Stephanie winds up suspending her, and of course, Becky Lynch beats the shit out of Stephanie. Um, so that's fine. You're going to use Becky Lynch, um, you know, to kind of build that storyline there. That would be fine, but then to do it on SmackDown as well really just shows how much they don't give a shit about Asuka and her title reign, so much so that she didn't actually appear on the show. Now, she did get uh, a little video, so at least she wasn't completely absent from it, but, yeah, we use SmackDown to also build a Raw Women's title program. Um, because then Triple H came out on, on SmackDown, Becky Lynch kind of got in, in his face, um, and the best part about this, uh, somehow Triple H has become a better actor after his wrestling career than he ever was when he was a wrestler, because his facials during this whole thing just tell a, a story that, you know, I'm glad they didn't tell with words. <clears throat> and the best part to me was, He's on his way out, and Becky says, uh, or asks how his wife's doing. And I think it's Adam Pierce is in the back, and you just see him go, oh, come on, man. <laughs> and yeah, obviously that brings Triple H back in. Um, you know, he kind of lays into to Becky saying that she's pretending to be injured. Um, but, you know, we continue to kind of build this, this up here. I know there's been a lot of talk of adding Charlotte to... Um, to the to make this a, a three-way dance at Mania, I hope not at this point because I think Becky and and Ronda are the much better story. But you know, I mean, they're going to try to do what they're going to try to do. Um, like I said, it's it's shitty though that Asuka just kind of gets thrown to the side here. She doesn't really have a program, and right now it appears as if she doesn't even have a match set for Elimination Chamber. So, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know who she's going to be facing at, uh, at Elimination Chamber, but needless to say, they got one episode left to build to that. Um, now, it's partly on them for putting Elimination Chamber so close to Royal Rumble and not having enough time in between to actually properly tell stories and things like that. Um, we're going to have the same issue with Fastlane as well that uh, you know comes up, I think, three weeks after that, too. So... Just uh, yet again, kind of booking themselves into the corner with their the way that they do shit here. Um, so I enjoyed the segments. I'm hyped for Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. If they throw Charlotte in there, I mean, it is what it is. Um, to me, Charlotte is so is so much colder than the heat that these two bring that she's going to bring the excitement down a little bit. I think. Charlotte is one of those people that she probably needs to do a little bit of rehab on her character. She needs to be kind of away from the title picture, or at the very least, have her focus on a title picture with Asuka. You know, they've got a history there, obviously. And you can start telling a story that way. I don't think that she needs to be... You don't need to have two SmackDown... The, the, the top two women on SmackDown going for the Raw Championship. 
you need to have at least somebody still anchoring SmackDown. Because Asuka, as great as she is, she's not going to be the focal point of any women's division. Just simply because of the fact that she can't talk as as well as the other ones. So Charlotte should be, you know, the the main antithesis right now for for Asuka. And they're not doing that. So I don't know what they plan on doing. But, yeah. So, the next topic we've got, um, Fuck the Revival continues to be in effect because, yet again, the Revival have earned themselves a title match. And this, I think, is probably their sixth or seventh title match they're going to get uh, in the past three months. If they don't win it this next time, then WWE needs to be done with them. Just release them. Because if you're not going to put the titles on them, be done with it. The, the next time that the Revival faces off against Gable and Rude, who, by the way, Gable and Rude's title run has been complete shit because of shit like this. They keep facing the Revival, and then they keep having to have the Revival go through different hoops to get back into a chance to face them. Like, Gable and Rude have done nothing. And the crowd, obviously, is behind the Revival. They want to see the Revival win. They're not really behind Gable and Rude. You need to you need to pull the trigger on this because continuing to have the revival get title shots and lose them, not only is it pissing off your fan base, it's pissing off your workers too. So, we'll again we'll see what happens here, but I don't have that much confidence that the revival is actually going to be the tag team champions. And considering that WWE is is trying to claim that they're putting a, a more emphasis on tag teams and stuff like that. The Revival are the guys you should have as the champions. Not just because of the fact it's what your fans want, but also because of the fact that they're an actual tag team. And Gable and Rude are two guys thrown together, which is always going to be something that is going to cause people who are fans of tag team wrestling to revolt a little bit. So you need to do something with it, because at this point, like I said, you're, you're just pissing people off. Um... Over on the SmackDown side of things, Dick Fingers um, got, got to face off against Mustafa Ali because the best way to build towards Elimination Chamber is to have every single member of it face off each other in one-on-one -on -one matches until we get to the Elimination Chamber. Um, but the, the big story here, other than Mustafa Ali continues to look good, is the fact that Dick Fingers proceeded to stomp on Mustafa Ali's face and fucked his eye up so much that it was swollen shut. Now, people know at this point the history that uh, that Randy Orton has had in terms of um, people botching moves against him. Um, Kofi Kingston obviously was in a, a program with him, botched a move. Randy uh, audibly yelling, stupid Kofi, stupid, stupid Kofi. Um, and then it seemed to completely cool off Kofi's push because Orton is obviously... Um, Triple H's friend, he's obviously a guy who's got a lot of sway in the back. The whole um, Mr. Anderson, or Mr. Kennedy thing, where it seemed like um, you know Kennedy was heading towards being a world champion or potentially at least having kind of a sustained run in the company and gets into it with Orton, botches a move against Orton and then becomes Mr. or becomes like Hornswoggle's sex slave or whatever he was for it later on. Um, that's shitty. So then, recently, obviously, Dick Fingers almost killed a Singh brother by just dropping him on his fucking head, 
and now stomp the shit out of Ali till his eye gets swollen shut. So I don't know. Um, obviously, it's Orton. He's protected. Nothing's going to happen to him on this. Um, but this was, you know, for how much everybody, you know, got on Seth Rollins' case because he had a string of of injuries that he that that happened when he was in a ring with somebody. I'm surprised that more people aren't jumping down Orton's throat at this point with um, how he's been a little unsafe, considering that he's been a guy for the most part of his career that's been a play-it-safe kind of guy. Um, so um, the the eye was pretty fucking gruesome. Could have been worse, obviously. It could have broken occipital bones and shit like that. Um, but thankfully, it's he should be fine. He should be okay to wrestle uh, at Elimination Chamber, which obviously is going to be a big... Um, big way to get him over depending on how they move him in the match um, back over on Raw McIntyre and Baron Corbin proceeded to stop Kurt Angle from making an announcement which seemed to be Kurt retiring so um, I don't know this feels a bit like they, they have cooled off on McIntyre because they kind of pushed him so much and then for him to just be I guess in a tag team with Baron or at least like a, a at, at least in cohesion with him. Uh, for the fact that they're also doing it where McIntyre is, I guess, in a feud with Kurt Angle, who at this point is kind of far from being relevant, uh, pretty sh- shitty as well. I mean, Baron Corbin being in a feud with Kurt, whatever, you know. But uh, McIntyre, it seemed like they were going to do some some bigger things for for him, and this is what we're doing. The segment itself was what it was. It was Baron Corbin segment. Uh, yeah. So. But it was far from the worst segment that Raw had, because Raw also had uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, and um, shitty-looking Fred Durst teaming up to face off against Elias, and um, Fred Durst got some of his shake, rattle, and roll punches in Elias, uh, distracted Elias long enough for Double J to hit him with a guitar, which didn't break. And I hope that this is the end of this feud because we turned Elias heel so that way we could bring in Jeff Jarrett as a face, which Jeff Jarrett should never be a face. Um, the fact that the road dog was there just was terrible. The only good thing about the segment was Elias asking road dog why he was here instead of uh, tanking ratings on his own show, SmackDown. That was a, a good call on that one. Um, but that's, you know, this is, again, this is another guy that I feel is kind of being wasted on dumb storylines like this, where Elias should be able to do more and just is stuck doing this shit. So, um, the other kind of shitty match that we had was over on SmackDown, where, uh, it was, it was weird. So we had a... A triple threat tornado tag team match. So we had the Iconics versus the Cheerleaders versus Absolution. And somehow the Iconics just forgot how to wrestle. And good God, this was a complete botch fest. And I don't understand it because the Iconics were have always been pretty decent workers. You know, from their time on the independent circuit to their time in NXT, 
um, to some of the matches they've had on, on the main roster here, they've never really looked bad. They've never been great, obviously. They're more character workers than actual workers. But this match was just a heaping pile of shit. <clears throat> and I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's just because um, the Iconics are used to working with better quality workers than what they got. Okay, well, it was okay. Um, Andy Rose is improving, but just okay. Uh, and Sonya is Sonya. But this match was not good at all. And <clears throat> it makes people really worried about the Elimination Chamber match as a whole. I mean, there's going to be other people in the Elimination Chamber, obviously. Um, but this... Oh, man. This one was not good. And... I don't know at this point what else you you do. Um, because we already have kind of a thin tag team um, you know, division, which people have been wanting a tag team, you know, women's tag team belts for a long time. But that's because we had Sasha and Bailey and well, obviously we have the iconics, but you know, everyone's like, We need tag team belts. We need tag it's like, well, you don't have a fucking tag team division. You've got two really good workers that are together who should be, um, you know, in solo programs. You got the Iconics, and you got Absolution, and you got the Riot Squad. And, you know, after that, obviously, we saw we had to throw people together. We had to throw together the cheerleaders. You know, I guess you have, you know, Mickey James and Alexa were kind of a team, but they're getting thrown together. Someone Twat team are, are a team, but nobody likes them. So we, you know, we've been asking for this. We've been asking for this for, <coughs> sorry about that. We've been asking for this for a while and now we've got it. And I don't know who you put the titles on. And then after you put it, the titles on somebody, I don't know who you have them feud with because they're not much out there. You know, honestly, the titles should probably be on the Iconics, the Riot Squad or Absolution. And all these other kind of peripheral teams shouldn't be anywhere near it, you know. And then we've also got, you know, the fact that we've thrown together Naomi and Carmella, but we've got a legit tag team down in NXT with the, the Sky Pirates. So I, at this point, don't know what you do. I don't have answers to that. Um... The other big news was that uh, All Elite Wrestling announced some more um, signings. And we do now know that Double or Nothing will be May 25th from uh, MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Um, they're gonna, they've started to put tickets on sale. So a couple more people that we had um, added to it. Uh, Chuck Taylor we know is there now. Jungle Boy. Uh, Kenny Omega, uh, we found out, was now the executive vice president, which is the same role that uh, Matt, Nick Jackson, and Cody um, all all held at the same time. Um, we know that they have entered into an agreement. They've entered into an agreement with uh, AAA in order to bring some of those guys over. So we've got Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, uh, Sammy Guevara, um... We also know that they uh, are, have signed Sunny Kiss, who is an openly gay wrestler. Uh, the females, we've got Aja Kong. Um, 
Nyla Rose, who is a transgender worker, um, and Yuka Sakazaki. So we're starting to get some more people here. Um, and of course, with the fact that we have um, the Lucha Bros and, and uh, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., the fact that we already got the Jacksons um, and we've got SCU, it seems like this is kind of the place to be for tag teams. Now, um, obviously, there there does still need to be a couple more teams added, but that, you know, will come with time, and, you know, we're starting to get there. Um, but clearly, it seems like this is the place to be if you are a tag team. Now, there's other tag teams out there that we could potentially see um, show up in AEW, and obviously AAA have some of their, some of their own guys. Um... But, you know, it, this is part of the reason why we've started to see WWE put a little bit more time into their tag team division. Not that they're booking it any better, but they're definitely giving it more time. You know, the Revival continues to get their shots left and right here. Um, over on SmackDown, you know, yes, we've got Shane and Miz. But they're, that, to in, in WWE's mind, having Shane McMahon care about the tag team championships is them saying, oh, look, we care about the tag team championships. So, the only other thing that I kind of want to have people pump the brakes on a little bit is, you know, this whole idea that AEW is is changing the world. Well, a lot of the, the matches that they're setting up for Double or Nothing are rematches. And I don't want to see um, Kenny Oshmegma. I don't want versus uh, um, Chris Jericho. I don't want to see that again. Uh, especially don't want to see, uh, you know, Jericho do anything at all. But apparently that's what we're going to continue to have happen here. So, <coughs> um, obviously they're going to book some other matches. Obviously their inclusion of some of the other people uh, have definitely, um, you know, made us. So we will get some fresh matchups. But so far, um, I'm excited but I'm tempering my expectations a little bit. So, um, there is that. Um, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play some voicemails, from uh, one from Jeff and one from Sal, and then kind of talk about it after, um, after we hear a little bit more from them. So, first up, we got the man from 205 Live, Jeff. Hey, fellas. Jeff here. Sorry I couldn't be on the show tonight. Um, however, I did want to leave a voicemail regarding stuff that happened this week. Um, since I'm the resident 2055 guy with my Hurry Up and Cruiserweight show that comes out every Wednesday, so check it out. I figured I would cover 205 Live on Raw and SmackDown this week. So former superstars who are on to a by ride and current. This week was a pretty good week, as usually it's maybe one or two matches or one or two segments to talk about, but this week we had three. Uh, unfortunately, one of them was Lucha House Party, which, you know, I don't really give a shit about them. I give a shit about Gail Kim, the pinata, but that's about it. I will say that Lindsay Dorado got a little bit of little bit of shine in that match they had with the fatal four-way um obviously the fat plumbers were the spotlight of that and the revival winning which we all know they're not really going to go on to win the titles just a big cycle of fuck the revival but um 
Yeah, I was glad Lindsay Dorado got some show there. Um, obviously, Leo Rush took on Finn Balor um, after Bobby Lashley beat the shit out of him, and I thought it was a little bit silly that, you know, I guess Bobby Lashley has to beat the shit out of Finn Balor or Leo Rush to even fight him, according to Michael Cole. So, um, that's, that's always good. You're putting down the 205 live roster because Leo Rush is considered one of the best in that, in that division. But anyway, there's that. And then, of course, on SmackDown, there's Mustafa Ali, who is my favorite out of the 205 Live guys to win a main roster title at some point. Um, I think with good reason. Nobody else is even close. But he had a good good match with Dick Fingers, as, as good as you could. Um, and, of course, Dick Fingers stomped his eye closed, so that's always good. Either that or he put his, you know, herpes fingers in his eye. You know, that would swallow your eye shut, too. But it was a good match. Uh, of course, a cool new RKO out of nowhere to end the match. And uh, that was it for Mustafa Ali, but he seems to have a pretty good showing every week, and I always look forward to seeing him. Hey, you guys have a good rundown. And I miss you all. And I can't wait to suck your dicks later. Thank you, Jeff. Sorry you couldn't be on, buddy. I definitely miss you. Uh, make sure, of course, to check out uh, Herp and Cruiserweight this week. Really good episode. Um, you know, Jeff is spot on with a lot of his uh, assessments there. Um, and it does kind of beg to question, or beg the question. You know, we're we're in this new era of change, but what has really changed? You know, we're not seeing anybody new really get opportunities um you know we had a chance to have someone else face Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles got that shot again you know we have another chance to have somebody new at the top um to try to go for the Universal Championship Seth Rollins gets it uh Becky Lynch was big before this whole we're gonna change things up she's big after so um, you know, the revival continue to be fucked with. Both cha- tag team champions are throwing together ta- tag teams. So, not really seeing too much of a difference from how shit was before. So, um, but good takes on there. And then the other person that we've got is Sal, leaving a voicemail. So, Sal, take it away. What's up, guys? It's Sal. I'm calling the voicemail because I am the voice of the voicemail. And just a couple things I wanted to talk about real quick from this week in wrestling. First of all, if you haven't seen it, go check out the World Collide Tournament on the WWE Network. I'm sorry to give them a plug, but the bottom line is that shit was actually pretty fucking good. Moving on. Becky Lynch, the hottest property in wrestling today, will be off your TV for the foreseeable future because she's suspended. Why is she suspended? Well, because she decided to get into a fight with the McMahons. You know, because they don't know how to do anything else in the WWE with a babyface. If they have a hot babyface, the only thing they know how to do is put them against the McMahon. They did it with every single hot baby face you can think of since Stone Cold Steve Austin. And guess what? It's never gotten over to the point of Austin versus McMahon. None of it. Whether it was Randy Orton going against the authority or 
it was uh, Shane McMahon fighting with Kevin Owens. Get the McMahons off my fucking TV. And guess what? It's not our fault that they didn't build any fucking heels to be able to go against these people. I think Ronda and Becky were doing just fine. But that's fine. You want to have Becky fight with Stephanie. I'm sure she's going to interject herself in that match at WrestleMania too. Now, as far as heels that do work and heels that I am excited to see on TV, how about the new Daniel Bryan, huh? Oh, I tell you what, that fucking gimmick is amazing. And you talk about conviction. Every time that dude has a microphone, it is must-watch TV. And you know who else used to be must-watch TV? Was EC3. But unfortunately, they won't let him talk, which is fucking weird. This is how you debut a new character? He goes out there and he gets a fruit roll-up on Dean Ambrose and Dean does all the talking? Garbage. I will talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks, Sal. Uh, thank you both for the voicemails. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you. McMahon fatigue definitely has set in for a lot of us. Um, I thought, though, that the segment with Stephanie uh, and Becky and the segment with Becky and Triple H actually were, were very good. Um, and if they are one-offs, then that's great. Obviously, if, yeah, if more and more gets involved every week then they'll, that will be an issue but um, to just do it for, for one week here, not that big of a deal um, otherwise uh, EC3, we'll see uh, he's, you know he's got some time left on him, he's not really in a feud yet, so we gotta wait until we actually get him in a feud so uh, apologies for the, the short week but like I said, I mean my, my uh, throat is closing up as we speak so we're going to go ahead and take a look at what's going on uh, in the independent circuit. Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns on Saturday night, February 16th, with another great night of wrestling action from the Newberry Port Elks Lodge in Newberry, Massachusetts. Full Force Elimination 8, a triple main event. We will have for the vacant APW New England Championship, Big Bacon, Brad Hollister taking on Demon Ortiz, a no-holds-barred street fight, between DTF Dan Terry and the Suffy Made Man Vern Vicalo. A last woman standing match for the vacant APW Women's Championship as the Widow Belmont with Ed Hunt takes on Vanity Vixen. Also scheduled to appear um, Corinne Mink versus Dira, and we'll have Full Force Elimination, which will be a 5 on 5 elimination style bout. Winners from both matches move on to face off in the Full Force Elimination Finals later in the night. Round one, we'll see Team Ike, Ike, Royce Bishop, Seth Leiter, Kevin Giles, and Marcos Santiago taking on Team Bugsy, Bugsy Stone, Stiff Mike, Cousin Larry Huntley, Derek Simonetti, and Dick Lane. Team American Meg, Big Gun, Jim Sargent, Son of a Gun, Jake Sargent, Mass Appeal, Travis Gillette. Third Generation, Nick Curry, and Cicero take on Team Venom, Champagne Joe Moakley, Mad Dog, Margarisi, Owen Brody, Canadian legend, Matt Loudon, and Sheikh Abdul Hassan. You can get your tickets now by going to ereservationmanager.com and searching for Full Force Elimination 8. Also scheduled to appear, the APW Tag Team Champions Nightbreed with Vanity Vixen and um, more. Tickets are $12 at the door. Uh, Advanced general admission tickets $10. Reserve front row tickets $15. Reserve second row tickets $12. Tickets are also available at the door. Doors open at 6 a.m., 
6 p.m. Sorry, that would be another one. And 6:30 p.m. Bell time. The stars of Bruce City Wrestling return to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin, for on Saturday, February 16th, for Aftermath from Rise of Honor 15. Bell time is 7:30. Doors open at 6:45. Tickets are $20 reserved ringside on advance. $16 can be purchased on BruceCityWrestling1.com using PayPal, or $18 at the door. The Bruce City Wrestling World Championship will be on the line as the bearded bruiser Max Holiday takes on ROH star Beer City Bruiser. The Bruce City Wrestling Women's Championship will be on the line as Evil Sierra takes on Smiley Kylie Ray. And a match between Cruz, Curse, and the Maidens of Iron will crown the new BCW World Tag Team Champions. Uh, more Phantom Money matches will be announced soon. Go to BruceCityWrestling1.com. Uh, follow him on Twitter at BCW1. Instagram, Bruce City Wrestling, and Snapchat, BCW Boss 1. The Belltime Club and Dante Luna team up to bring live professional wrestling to the Malden Irish American Club. Wednesday, February 20th for February Vacation. Doors up at 6 p.m., Belltime at 7. Main event for the El Mundo Boston Championship sees Masshole Mike McCarthy as he makes his first defense against the Underground King Slick Wagner Brown. Total Loco will take on the professional Channing Thomas. Dan DeMann will take on the Suffy-made man, Vern Vicalo. The El Mundo Tag Team Championships will be on line as the prize, Alex Prince and Edgardo Montoya, defend against Bugsy Stone and Big Bear. It will be a test of strength. The wrestling championship will be defended when Bobby Ocean puts the title on the line against DTF Dan Terry and his 500 followers. Bo Douglas and Jason Rumble team up to take on the Middlesex Express. They'll also be the first ever Kowalski Classic Tag Team Royale. More matches will be announced soon. Um, you can order custom tickets featuring various wrestlers from the show. Pay with cash, or with the Cash App, Venmo, or PayPal. $10 pre-sale, $50 the door. Front row seats are first come, first serve. Only 150 tickets available. Contact Dante Luna or text 617-444-9196 for tickets. Lucky Pro Wrestling returns on Saturday, February 23rd for a homecoming rampage from Clinton Elks Lodge in Clinton, Mass. The LPW champions photo op in the ring before the show included with the price of admission. Each ticket ordered online comes with one free autograph from a past event. Tickets are available at luckyprowrestling.com slash homecoming. Single tickets $15 a piece or get a family four-pack for just 50 bucks. It'll be the return of the over-the-top rope Lucky Lottery Rumble. Winner will receive an opportunity to contract that gives the winner a title match at any point. Scheduled to appear, LPW champion Vern Raquel with Julian Lay. LPW Tag Team Champions The Bitter Club, LPW Hard Knocks Champion Randy Shaw, LPW Women's Champion Adira Makuna, Makua with Brian Cairo, Alicia Edwards, Retrosexual Anthony Green, um, Robo the Punjabi Lion, Shay Cash, Sweatboy Christopher James, Kellen Thomas, Danica, and many more. So that'll do it for the rundown for this Friday, February 8th. Hopefully, like I said, next week we'll be back to full strength here. You can follow us on Twitter at, at oh, Jesus Christ, at Rundown Podcast. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Head on over to instagram.com slash rundownwrestling and look at our, our faces there. Leave us a voicemail like Sal and Jeff did, 617-863-6967 at 61rundown7. We're on Patreon, which has just been revamped with some new levels. 
Go to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. For $5, you can get access to all the shows on the Rundown feed before they hit iTunes, as well as some patron-only content. For $10, you get all that plus a sticker pack, which, uh, getting some great, some great reviews on the stickers so far. And for $20, you get all of that plus a Rundown t-shirt. That's right, you can put our logo on that sexy-ass body of yours. So go to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling now and help us out a little bit, and we'll get you some cool swag. Check out our runs out, or check out our website, rundownwrestling.com, for information on all the great shows, such as the Nitro Mania Podcast, Hurry Up and Cruise Rate, Making a Great, NXT Revisited, Our Witches, Honorable Discharge, and WrestleMania Salvation. You can listen to our friends at Kingpin Brian Malonis and Mike Crockett on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. The new podcast every Monday. Go to facebook.com slash ZWPN or ZWPN.com. Check out our friend Jessel Michaels and the show Yes on Waltz. Go to yeslandwaltz.com or watch it on your Roku through the RNTV app or the 24-7 Retro app. If you're a fan of audio D&D campaigns, check out our friends at Dire Weasels. You can go to their website, direweasels.podbean.com or follow them on Twitter at direweasels. While you're over there on Twitter, you can follow our host at jstuart0920, at rockstartroy, at chokerswild702, which would be his Instagram, not his Twitter, at WrestleMania Sal, at the Salzer Effect, at Realist Tommy, at Making a Grade, at Nitromania Pod, at Hurry Up and Cruiser, and of course at Johnny Analog. Thank you all for uh, suffering through this with me. And next week, we have a preview of All Jews Must Die. So, thank you, and bye bye. <laughs>